Hello and welcome to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krauss. I'm one of the co-founders here at InventRight. We have a very special guest, Martin Lombardini. He is one of our students and now he's actually become one of our coaches, but we're going to tell that full story. And then our incredible coach, Paul Sorensen, he was Martin's coach. Martin and uh, Paul, welcome. Hello. How are you doing? So, guys, uh, what we're trying to accomplish here is give people an idea of, of the behaviors that they need to have to be successful with licensing um, through telling your guys' story. The story for Paul helping Martin and Martin saying, hey, this is how Paul was helping me and this is the different things that we went through. And so that's what we're trying to accomplish, everyone here. So, um, Paul, what do you think is one of the things, or you can cover all the things, if there was multiple things, there probably was, that, that Martin did that is, it made him successful. He did a licensing deal recently. We'll talk more about that and where that went. But um, what, what was his mindset? Not just as a student, but generally attitude, process. Yeah, so Martin was a student of mine. It's been actually a couple of years ago now. Um, this time just flies by, but, uh, yeah, I remember some of the first calls, um, he was like every other student presented his product. We kind of went, if I remember right, he had a specific product that you were working on and we took that through the process and what kind of, not necessarily unique about Martin, but what makes a good student that he did is when I gave him some assignments, he would do those. Um, I know <laughs> that sometimes our students, they'll come on and, and, you know, keep in mind, there's not necessarily definitive right and wrongs in licensing, but we have experience that kind of helps you dodge some of the potholes. Now, and, now when so, you say assignment, this isn't like read these chapters and then write a report. This is working on your actual project. That's what right. we do from day yeah. one, right? So right. What, what, was, what was one of the assignments you gave him? What is the, one of the assignments we give all our students? Uh, well, to go through the, the online coursework, it's just really outlined really nice. It has some videos and stuff to read. And it's information that you apply directly to the product that you're working on. And uh, so I would give him some <clears throat> homework, per se, some assignments, action items, whatever you want to call them. And he would do those. And some of our students will kind of pick and choose. Well, I, I don't know that I want to do that or that. <laughs> um, which, you know, we're all different. But he just trusted what I was telling him. And right. After he did them, he could see which ones were effective or start uh, modifying it a little bit to his right. uh, strategy or let's, his personality. Let's get Martin's take on this. So, Martin, um, you're a pretty sharp guy. You're a very action-oriented guy. But I'm sure there was part of the process that you liked a little less, whether it's uh, making a sell sheet, filing a PPA, making your list of companies, reaching out. So I, I don't care that, you know, you license the product and, you know, Paul said you're so great that, that we decided to hire you as a coach recently. You just came on as a coach, too. Um, but everybody struggles with something or everybody doesn't maybe like something as much as the rest of it. Did you have one of those things? You know, I think uh, there are so many steps that go into it. 
And uh, for me, I think it was the reaching out to companies, uh, which can be a challenge. And I think it's a challenge for all inventors going out there and doing it. Um, but, you know, as coming in as a new inventor, you learn all these new skills. And, you know, the InventWide program and the 10 steps provides a good basis to follow to make these steps happen and giving you a good blueprint of how to be successful at these different steps. So even along the way, even when it was difficult, there was always support, a support structure, not just from the uh, <coughs> system and, you know, uh, the assignments Paul was giving me, but from Paul himself and his advice. So, okay. yeah, I would say that would be the most difficult, but, you know, there was always support. Well, let's get into the weeds a little bit more about that. I mean, for the most part, our students are reaching out on LinkedIn, they're reaching out on the phone, and they're uh, sending emails. So what part of that, was it, was it that they didn't instantly respond to you? Was it the volume you had to do? What was maybe not surprising? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. What was take, took a little adjusting to? And are you adjusted to it now? So people listening can go, oh, okay, I won't give up so soon, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, part of it is hearing no. And, you know, you're going to hear no a lot. And that's just part of the game. And I think one of the things that I learned and, you know, even reading between the lines in some of the steps in the system is being professional and making the best out of any one situation. So anytime I got a no, I saw it as an opportunity to build a relationship. To not just go ahead and say, okay, well, whatever, and, you know, move on. But no, to say, hey, listen, <clears throat> I really appreciate your time. Uh, you know, I'm working on some other products. They may reach out to you. Is there any kind of feedback you may potentially give me? Is there something you're looking for uh, in the future that maybe, you know, I can work on? Uh, building a relationship. Every no is a yes for a relationship and that opportunity. So I learned very quickly to take advantage of doing that and over time have been able to build great relationships uh, in the industry. You know, like you were saying, uh, you know, in some cases I was submitting product into a portal. OK, you don't hear anything for six months, eight months. You have to constantly follow up. You don't hear anything. Well, through building these relationships, you know, I'm at the point now where some of these companies where I would have, you know, went into a portal, I'm basically making a phone call or shooting an email to them saying, hey, can we do a Zoom? I have something I think you'd really be interested in based on prior conversations. And, you know, within a week, I'm having that Zoom. So it's, it's huge. The value of doing it and being professional is, is absolutely huge. Is part of being professional accepting the no? So when you ask for feedback or ask what they're looking for, if they want more ideas, do you, do you make it clear that you accept that for this idea that's okay? Because otherwise it can come across as a little whiny and then they're like, oh my God, is that, well, how did you handle that? Yeah, I mean, you absolutely take the no and you thank them. Uh, right. You know, I, I want to thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your, I, you know, I know how important your time is. I value your time, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, find a, a, a way to get in and find, find something different to talk about, you know. The last thing you want to do is make them feel like you're making them justify saying no. That yes. That the heck out of them. And Paul, Paul, for what came fairly natu natural to Martin, do you find that a lot of our students struggle with that? 
I mean, uh, they're not necessarily verbalizing it to you, but you can kind of tell. I think so. I, I, I was going to say that was the irony of that was the part that Martin didn't like is he has excelled at that. That is one of his biggest strong points is reaching out to companies now. But I think for the most part, students struggle with that because they still view them calling companies rather than calling people. Because you're just oh, calling yeah, yeah. Ooh, I love that. Not yeah, yeah. Calling a company. Right. Call some guy at work that works at that company. It's just another phone call. It's nothing mm. personal. If they take outside submissions, he's happy to talk to you. If they don't take outside submissions, it's a quick hang up and you're done with the phone call. And that's been my experience is most of the people that I've talked to over the years are pretty decent people, just nice. They're cordial to you. They're kind. Even when they're saying no, they're very kind about it. Um, occasionally you get somebody that's having a bad day, but yeah. for the most part, it's not that bad. But I think what kind of freaks people out is they get all these no's from companies. Right. And, and they're not realizing that it's just somebody at work doing their job, evaluating the product based on the criteria that they kind of look for. And it's a volume game for us. You have to call like crazy. And like Martin says, if you can take those no's and not take it personally and not take it as a, you know, a heavier weight pushing you down to finally sink the product and, and roll with it and even make, what did they say? Make lemonade out of lemons and say, Hey, thanks for your time. I really right. appreciate you right. evaluating my product. Um, is it okay if I, call you again if I have another product that might fit your category. And they're almost always like, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I really, <coughs> excuse me, I really like what you're saying about <coughs> companies. It's very impersonal. And so then if you're treating this individual back in an impersonal way, like they're just a thing, they're a company, they're somebody you just need to get past as opposed to somebody you're trying to work with. I mean, that's what Martin has has gotten pretty quickly, even though it bothered him a little bit, maybe not as much as other students. He just kind of accepted it a little bit earlier on. But it takes a while for people to accept that. But when you realize you're dealing with the person and, and, and you're you're respecting their time, you're not whining when they say no. And that's that's what Martin is saying. Be professional. So. Yeah, and also I would just add this one thing, which I think is really good. And just to give an example is, you know, we're, we're all here, we're doing this, and we get caught up in our world and our mindset. But putting yourself in someone else's shoes, right, at that job, like Paul was saying, they, ever, they all have a job, and not be so transactional. Okay, so to mm. give you a great example, you remember, I think it was like last year or the year before <laughs> when, uh, in Texas, they had that freeze over yeah. and they had all this huge issue. Well, some of the people I deal with were in that area and were affected. Mm. I sent emails just to check on them. Oh, hey, wow. You know what I heard about this? You know, I, I just wanted to make sure, you know, they're responding like this now because, you know what, you're not so transactional. You right. actually care. You're a human, right? And, and this is what it's about. So that's just one example of, you know, above going above and beyond in, in, that, in, that, in that realm. Wow, you, you guys, I mean, if people walk away from this video just with that one thing, that's absolutely huge because I that that transactional, that impersonal approach, I think that's why a lot of inventors uh, don't do well with this. And and they, they take it personal then. Oh, this big company. Well, you talk to Bob. Bob said no, but you can still create a relationship with Bob. You might say, OK, I accept that. 
and also the other thing that I tell people, let me know what you guys think of this, is let's say you ask for feedback and let's say only one in three gives it and the other two don't even respond. Is that okay? Is that, is that all right? Is that still successful? I think so. It's pretty normal too. Pretty normal. Okay, good. Very normal. Very normal. Yeah, you're going to ask for feedback and continue to ask. If you continue to work with the same people, you're not always going to get it. But you know what? Sometimes if you ask three times of three different products, that person is going to break down and start giving you feedback. So it's also about not giving up and always putting on the right face. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Paul, you know, I, I let you know recently that we were looking for a new coach and we always find exceptional InventRight students um, when, we, when we look for a new coach to, to hire. Every single one of our coaches is a former exceptional student, including yourself, Paul. Yeah, you too. Um, and you recommended Martin. Um, thank you so much, by the way. He's going to be an absolutely incredible coach. Um, why, why did you recommend Martin? What, and, and also, it's not just some of you guys are like, why are we talking about this? It's like, well, because I want people to know what it takes to be a coach, but also what it takes to be successful with licensing. So can you give me a few reasons? Yeah, I think, first of all, he really internalized the process and went through it. Um, his first idea, I still remember uh, it was for one application. And by the time we got done, we started hitting a little bit different category. Um, and ultimately, um, he didn't find success with it yet. Um, but he had other ideas. We jumped on those and ran through and he just kept coming up with ideas and he really seemed to get what, how to choose products. And it's hmm. based off of not what you think is cool, but what you find the market kind of is looking for. So he was, he was good at, at being level-headed, analyzing which projects to work on based on the marketplace and not just what he loved. Mm -hmm. and, and went through, I think that's the important thing to remember is when you start a product and take it through the first time, you're just learning it. And it's very possible, and we see it often, that people license their first idea. But we also a lot of times see them not license their first idea. And somebody that can latch on to another idea and take it through and then another and another mm. that repetition you the concepts are really ingrained in you so you do become very accomplished <laughs> and you almost don't need us anymore i i think that's where martin was at and he really didn't need the coaching anymore because he learned it and i love that about invent right that that's our mm. mo is to teach you how to do it so you don't need us anymore so our bigger successful is when we've accomplished that. So our bigger mission, mission to empower people so they can tell us at some point, I don't need you anymore. I keep doing this the rest of my life because they have ideas um, and they're never going to stop coming up with them. And I would say that most of our students, that's like not what they're focused. They're focused on this one product. But when I say to them before they sign up, but you have other ideas. Oh yeah. You want to license? Yeah. 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 Just, I want to focus on this one now. I'm like, okay, great. But I have to put them in that mindset. That's not necessarily what they're thinking about. Martin, did you realize fairly early on, like, this is a business model that I can apply over and over again? Did you do that before you signed up with the program or did you kind of realize it afterwards? So I realized it afterwards. Um, I did uh, a lot of searching at first. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways for inventors to get caught in a bear trap uh, in this industry and lose a ton of money 
uh, very quickly through, uh, you know, a whole variety of ways. Um, yeah. And, you know, what I found, I, I read uh, Stephen Key's book, both books, and um, I listened to YouTube videos, and I started to really get into what was going on, and Stephen Key and yourself, Andrew, uh, the message you guys were sending. And then when I went and I decided to do InventRight, I was very happy uh, by exactly what Paul was saying. You know, it's not, you know, a lot of these companies out there, what they want to do is get you in and get you to pay, but they don't actually, they want you to be dependent. You know, what InventRight does is doesn't want you to be dependent, wants to teach you and empower you to go out there and do it on your own. And exactly as Paul said, and exactly as I did, after I went through the system, I was able to go out there, do it, repeat it, rinse and repeat. Currently, I think I'm working like 12 different products all at the same time. Um, so yeah, that's what it's about. And, uh, and, and I, it's also the business approach, I think, which is also very important. You know, uh, you teach a business approach about it. So, you know, like we were talking about before, the professionalism, that's just part and parcel of being professional. And you know, doing it the right way from a business perspective. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Paul uh, Martin, thank you so much, Martin. Congratulations on becoming an InventRight coach. I know you're going to be absolutely amazing, um, Paul. Thank you for for doing such a great job coaching him. I mean, it doesn't matter how you, you, you need a coach to guide you, and you guided him, and now he's off on his own. And then we brought him on back <laughs> as a, as a coach because we're like, no, you're not leaving. We're going to keep you. <laughs> um, but thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, thank everybody. You. Take care. Keep inventing. And we'll catch up with you next time. See ya.